You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. <laughs> what are you laughing about, Jack? I just, I, I feel like this episode needs to start with a scat. I don't know why. I just, I was in the really big mood to scat, but you don't want to hear that from me. I was already scatting over it, man. I was in my own zone. <laughs> you feel it? Yeah, I felt it. It was like watching me scatting right there. It was like watching Disney's soul and kind of like understanding what the zone was. Do you oh, get it? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's deep. Gotta be a similar feeling of when Richard Riaz Yoder taps. Gotta be. Totally. Totally. Oh. The rhythm, the drum. He is the drum. Like he says, he is the drum. Oh. And is <laughs> anyone has, is anybody else like this? When everyone says feel the rhythm, is anyone saying feel the rhyme afterwards? They must. Like, get on up. Mm-hmm. It's bobsled time. <laughs> cool running! Everyone has probably stopped listening to this <laughs> and watched Cool Runnings right now. Cool Runnings. That's where it's at. Where it's at. Okay. Um, Brendan, I'm so excited. Today we have Richard Riaz Yoder with us. Very incredible, true. incredible, incredible person who I know here from St. Louis, the Muni. But incredible journey, right? He grew up and, you know, had his kind of, I'll call it basic training, the most respectful way I say that. Basic training, went to school. He mentions how he's the beginner in every class at school. Finds his way. He ends up, you know, touring the world. He's been all over the world performing on Broadway in about six or so Broadway shows. So he is, I think, a perfect example of someone who you know, has that path of chugging through and making the best of it for himself. And truly there's no, there's no right or wrong path. I love, and I love that about his story. Literally like, yeah, the determination and, and basic training and then cut to like learning, inspiring from and creating with Savion Glover was so it's just oh. like from like just beginning to fruition. It's just, it's so cool to watch and just could be nicer though. Right. This guy could be nicer. Terrible. Ugh. I mean, oh my God, these humans, <laughs> where do we find them? Uh, it's no, it's no good though. It's no good. We can't uh, get ready for some laughs, get ready for some just like joy, exhilaration, and just pure good human soul. So, uh, Jack, what do you say? That's his fade out. So in case anyone's listening, be like, where did Brendan just go? That was his pretend fade out into our segment. And <laughs> I'll I'll play, the music. Give... play the music from the top A five, six, seven, eight. Well, hello, Richard. <laughs> oh. I mean, why not? Start with a, why cra- not? a cracked well and get right into it. <laughs> a cracked uh, well. Hi, Richard. <laughs> hey, Richard. Hello. Richard. How are you guys? So fantastic. Uh, you know, warmed up today. feel like my mm. body got loose. Feeling good yes. about it. I'm honestly a little sore from a rock climbing expedition I went on. But oh. that's neither oh. here nor there. <laughs> Wait a minute! You went rock climbing when there's a snowstorm out. So uh, it was at the tail end of said snowstorm here in oh. New York City, and uh, there was uh, like this like Central Park um, gym or Central Central Rock gym. 
So if you're listening, Central Rock Gym, I could use a, a discount. Um, <laughs> little little plug here. Yeah, they're here. But it was uh, it was fantastic, and it's muscles I've never used before. And uh, surprise, surprise, respect for a sport and athletes that. Oh man, it was it was impeccable yeah. to watch. But it's kind of like it's it's one of those things like skiing where you walk away from it, you're like, what just happened to my body? <laughs> truly, truly. Oh my god, I haven't been skiing in years. Yes. Well, today, I think we're going to talk a lot about tap. We're going to talk a lot about just dance in general. But Jack, give Richard the lowdown of how we like to start these. We start every podcast. We just want to hear about your first five, six, seven, eight. How did dance start for you? Where did Richard come into this journey of movement and dance and performance? And just kind of take us through your start, um, kind of up to where you are now. Oh, uh, so I think (laughs) when I first started dancing, I was in show choir in high school and we had like the whole purple sequence. We had all of this stuff. And, uh, so I, I, that was like my first introduction to dance or whatever. And so then from there I started wanting to do more dancing, like, because there was some like dancers in the show choir. And so one day a couple of them were doing a time step and I was like, what is this sorcery that you are doing with your feet? (laughs) I literally, I had never, I don't think I'd ever seen somebody tap dance in front of me. I'd seen it on like a movie, like the, um, the Nicholas brothers or Fred Astaire, Gene Kelly and all of those people, but I had never seen somebody do it actually in front of me. So I was like, oh my God, you guys have to teach me. What is this? So then from little 17 year old Richard, like trying to learn how to do, not even how to do a falap or whatever, how to do a time step. So it's like a whole bunch of different steps altogether. So they tried to teach me and I got whatever I thought it was. And, uh, and then from there, I, I just was obsessed. So I would be tap dancing down the halls. I would be tap dancing in grocery stores. I would be tap dancing everywhere because I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done before. Um, and I can make all this sound. It's great. So then my mom took me to uh, a woman that was teaching, uh, that used to teach my sister's dance. And so I went to her, uh, her studio and she took me there to teach, uh, to teach me like jazz classes and things like that. And so to help me kind of get up to speed, she uh, started doing private lessons with me. And one day I was showing off. I was like, oh, this is what I know how to do. I know how to do this time (laughs) stuff. And she was kind of like, oh, okay. Well, why don't we try to refine it? Because it was terrible. I wish I had a video of it because it looked like I had two left feet. And um, (laughs) so then she started. So then she started working with me and she'll never she always remembers this. Uh, She showed me a step. And not thinking about it, I just did it, whatever the step was. I think it was like toe heel stamp and something else. And I did it right away. And she looked at my feet and then she looked at me and she said, I can't believe you just did that. And I was like, I just saw what you did. So then from there, that's kind of what got me on this journey. So then I went, did, uh, I think it was the St. Louis Tap Festival. I went and took class at the St. Louis Tap Festival and I took a class from Omar Edwards. And he is amazing. He's one of the best tap dancers out there. But he didn't say anything about counts or steps. It was like ebop, ebop, situ, ba da ba da, like that's all it was. And so I was like, "What is 
happening right now? I was like, this dude is scatting at me and I do not know what he's talking about. And he was like, especially with the feet, he would just go. And so I was like, there's this whole other world that opened up to me. So then from there, my mom was like, uh, what do you want to do for college? What do you want to do when you are done with high school? What's happening? What are what are we thinking? And I was like, I have no idea. Um, and I was like, maybe I'll be a lawyer or something like that. They make lots of money, right? And she was like, yeah, this is kind of what it's like to be a lawyer. And so she started talking to me about like, these are the things that you need to do. This is like the kind of schooling that you would need. And this is how long you would have to go to school. And I was like, yeah, that's not for me. And then she was like, well, what else would you want to do? And I was like, uh, she said, what would you do if you didn't have to earn money? And I said, oh, I would dance. I said, I would dance and I would perform. I was like, I don't know how to do that, but that's what I would do. So then from there, she took me, her and my dad, we went to 10 different schools and I auditioned for all of them and I got cut from all of them besides two. Yeah, I think it was Ohio. I think it was Ohio University. I can't remember. But then I ended up going to Oklahoma City University. And God bless them because I couldn't do anything. I remember during the, <laughs> during the audition, oh my gosh. During the audition was hilarious because uh, they wanted everybody to do Tombe Padbore, Pirouette Land. You know, simply easy for people that had been dancing for like 10, 20 years. Great. Or 17 years. That would be easy for them. So sure. I didn't know what any of the steps were. So all I did was just mo like mock whatever, or not mock, but uh, try to pick up whatever they were doing. And I would do it, but I didn't know how to pirouette. So I would just like stand in a releve kind of, sure, <laughs> kind of maybe, and then land. And then they, I mean, it was the most horrifically embarrassing. Like I didn't, I didn't have emotions like that when I was younger. I was like, I don't care. I'll do anything. But I like thinking about that now, that would have been mortifying if I had to do something like that now that I like, I didn't have the ability to do it. Like there was no way I could suddenly become a ballet dancer <clears throat> in the five seconds that they taught this combination. So you're having, I literally just like threw myself into it. And they said, one of the reasons why I got in obviously wasn't because of my dancing technique, because it was terrible. I was awful. <laughs> oh, oh, they dear. said, uh, because I didn't stop. I, because there were people, there were some, there were some people that had been dancing since they were two that um, sadly went to terrible studios. And so they didn't really have the ability to do anything, which was also very sad to see. But, um, but those people stopped. Like there were a lot of people that left the college audition. And, um, and I think about that now and I had no, I didn't even worry about it. I was like, no, I want to go to school for this. So I'm going to do it. And, uh, and I, when we were driving home, I knew I didn't get it. I was like, oh, there's no way I was going to get into that school because I was so terrible. And they, and like my parents tried to comfort me and it was like an eight hour ride and we barely said anything. Mm. So then, um, and then I got into the school. Surprise. Like, what were the chances? What are the wow. chances of that? So, um, so yeah. And then I went to school and then I went to Oklahoma city university. I was at the basic level of everything. They have like each discipline has like eight levels. And so I was just like at the base of everything because I did, couldn't do anything. So that was yeah. my start. I know that was very long winded, but that was a start. No, but before you before you continue, I want to I want to comment on. Um, so you have this thing of you get shown a step and you're just like, I've never seen it before, but I'm just going to like dive in, just do it. I mean, yeah, in, in our adult lives, I mean, we have this thing of just like, oh, I've never seen this before. I'm going to like just check back and get nervous, anxious, all this stuff, because like real life and adult, 
responsibilities hit us a little harder now. I think yeah. there's such beauty in the in the in the innocence of kind of just jumping in when you're younger that I think I just want to like just highlight for a moment and say that that's I mean I've o- I've always watched you a- as a dancer Richard and I think there's something so innocent. I think there's so I think that's that's the word that I I get with it's it is proficient and it is clean and it is downright perfect but there's this joy of innocence that you see like only in like laughing children that i see in the richard (laughs) yoder dancing well thank you i it's funny that you say that because it's like i uh the past couple years i've been trying to get back to that i've Mm. been trying to get back to that joy i've been trying to get back to uh well especially especially during this pandemic uh just getting back to the actual joy of why we started to do things because when i came to new york i wasn't planning on uh doing musicals i wasn't planning on doing broadway or anything like that what i wanted to do i wanted to join a tap company like that was the end all and be all i i didn't even really think about i loved going to see broadway shows but i was never like oh i'm gonna do that that was never even a thought for me i was just like i want to be in a i want to be in a tap show or a tap uh, tap company, and I want to work, and I want to work with those people and do that thing, and then um, and the musical started to come my way, and so I was like, well, maybe this is something that I can do because I was able to do that. I was able to tap in shows. So once I knew that I could tap dance and do musicals at the same time, or just dance and mainly do musicals at the same time, then I was like, oh, maybe I can do this, and then it was. Um, it was getting uh, to be at home in St. Louis doing 42nd Street that kind of sealed the deal for me when it came to musicals. I was like, oh, I can like make enough money to survive. I can have so much fun on stage and um, I can it kind of opens me up to do different things. So it um, it was just magic. Mm. And your resume so far has been tapping in almost every single show you do, which is I know. incredible. What a blessing. I mean, you've done 42nd Street all around the world, all yeah. around, like in every regional theater and every cut. Like it feels <laughs> like you've just done it everywhere, yeah. which is amazing. Um, and then even Broadway, I mean, Shuffle Along, um, crazy, unbelievable. I remember seeing you in that. And there, this one moment that sticks out in my head is there was... <laughs> <laughs> I, now listen i couldn't tell you what part of the show this was yeah. but it was i remember you were there was a, a line of people downstage and you were on far stage left and you knew i was at the show and i i don't know what was involved in this bit of choreography i guess you could kind of make it your own for a moment yeah. but it was like almost like the button to a segment before it transitioned to something else. And Richard gets on one foot on the like tippy toe of his tap shoe and like claps his other leg above <gasps> his head. And I, when I tell you I screamed in a Broadway theater, <laughs> I mean, Oh, I love you. I mean, that screamed. Was... And then we talked about it afterwards. I was, he's like, I heard you. And I was like, what do you mean? Like trying to play it off all cool. I was like, no, I totally I mean, it was amazing. Um, but Shuffle Along on the 20th century, um, Dolly, no tapping in there, but I mean, another iconic show. And White Christmas and My Fair Lady, of course, White yeah. Christmas debut, correct? 
Yes, yeah, so that was my debut, and I didn't get. It's funny. There's a funny story about that. So the first time that I auditioned for it, and because the original production, I believe, was in 2008, was the original uh, White Christmas Broadway production, and so I auditioned for it, and I didn't get it. So I was so sad. Oh, so sad. So I um, I worked that whole next year. I took all of Randy's classes and uh, took whatever singing thing I needed to do, whatever act. I, what, I worked that combination so many dang times. And then the next time when I ended up uh, auditioning again, that's when I got it. So wow. it, for me, it was that ultimate like um, don't give up kind of moment because I knew I was like I'm gonna get that show I was like there's no way that anybody else is gonna get that show but me and then I ended up getting it the next year and it was like what a blessing that that was to be with all those nice people to be doing a show and it got gave me a taste of Broadway because it was only like two months uh so it was like oh this is kind of what like Broadway's like and I was like I could get down with this I get to be in the city and I was living right around the corner I was living on 40 Mm. I think I was living on 43rd and 8th or something like that or 9th. And Ooh. so I was like I had a I had a nice little 5 minute commute to work. Oh, life was great. Oh, what a dream. What a so dream. Grand. Also, I just I just imagined cuz cuz Richie said like nobody's going to get that show but me. And then I immediately started picturing like the one man white christmas that is uh Richie Yoder. I want to see that at some I point. I mean I mean, the way I was dancing on that stage, it might as well have been because I was living my life. When I, tell I believe you, it. I was so happy to flat ball change in a circle oh. more than my entire life. I couldn't believe it. I was like, I didn't even know that. Because um, even after I'd gotten to New York, like, obviously Broadway's a gigantic thing, but in my brain, it wasn't that thing that I'm like, I have to have this. And then uh, at one point in my career, I was just like, I want to be on Broadway. Like, this is my thing. But uh, but getting to do White Christmas was just such an eye opener. And I was like, oh, this is uh, it was just wonderful. I was going to say uh, just for like for listeners out there, if there if there's ever been a more like, you know, determined story. I mean, we, we there's so many instances and I want to point out this one of someone who, OK, auditioned to 10 schools, only got into two. And then worked and worked and worked. And then when a, when a huge Broadway edition came up, they're like, oh, this is mine. This is mine. Doesn't get it. What do they do? Work on it for an entire year and boom, got it. So I just want to point out the work and I want to point out that it happens to everybody. So I just, yeah. I just want to say, keep doing the work. And truly yeah, that, to the, that same point, it's like we love to show how varied everyone's path is and in the different levels of training to still be able to become a Broadway performer. Um, so I, I love the fact that your story, you pointed out that in all of your college classes and specifically the dance classes you said i was the beginner in every class and oh i my love gosh. hearing that yes. because i know there's so many people who have reached out or who asked the question about like oh if i didn't start dancing in middle school am i too late or you know questions like that they feel like yeah. they're just behind so it's great to hear that someone like you who has had an incredible career and obviously still moving forward in that has come from a place of you, like you just said, beginner in every single class in college. So that's, that's really, really, um, I think incredible to point out. And one thing the, I love that you are here because 
I don't know if, how much of the story Brendan knows, but Richard Uh-oh. is truly the reason kind of like why I'm in all of this is a, is a huge factor. I know I say this to Richard every time too, but um, so I believe our first meeting was before my first ensemble season, right? Cause you were there at the Muni, correct? Mm-hmm. Or was 2000, cause 2011 wasn't your first year. Uh, the first time that I did the Muni was, um, was in 2009 because okay. I did 42nd street with Kelly Barkley, which yep. is what helped me get, uh, I think Christmas. that's, I think mm. your first season at the Muni when you did 42nd street, that was kind of my first meeting with you. Cause I was the Muni teen behind you. So I like picked up your chair when, before you said, <laughs> like I was, you know, that's what I did. Yes. So, oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, truly. Yeah. Um, but then in 2011, when I had my first ensemble season and I was in two of the three shows that I did with you, and I remember that summer you came up to me and was like, hey, have you ever heard of Newsies? And I was like, I mean, I know the movie, of course. And this is at the time when Newsies was at Paper Mill or just finishing up Paper Mill that mm-hmm. summer. And he was like, hey, have you heard of this? And I was like, yeah, I know the movie. He's like, well, they're doing it at Paper Mill. I know of the choreographer. I know he would just, like, eat you up. You should go in for this. And I was like, yeah, I'll keep an eye. Yeah, sure, I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, you just kind of, like, put it over your shoulder for a second because at the time I was 16 and just got my card. And I was like, what's happening? I don't even know. I had to get through the summer. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. got a long way to go. You're like, so, let me get to August, and then we'll talk about it. Totally. (laughs) And I was kind of like, where am I going to find? Like, I didn't know anything yet. And then um, the Macy's Parade happened where y'all performed um, or the the show did. And they announced the first time they're going to Broadway. And I was like, the light bulb went off on my head. I was like, Richard told me about this. And then it was like, go to the Internet, Jack, and look up the audition because they just said they're doing it because Richard told you about this. Like, this is the thing. This is the thing. So went and auditioned. And then, of course, that journey, you know, was its own beast. But Richard's truly the reason why any of my processes, I feel like kind of where where I am now, because that that show obviously was um, one of the first times I was in the door for anything, anything big that obviously led to other um, amazing experiences. But if I didn't hear about that, I would probably have a completely different path, or I know I would. So, thank you for that. Yeah. And um, you owe Richard ten percent of your entire career. If I'm, I mean, uh, I'll oh, take ten percent. <laughs> but yeah, the thing is about Jack. I just remember, uh, I just remember seeing him dance, and that um, that season, and just like his demeanor and everything like that. And I was like, this kid is going to work like crazy. One, because he's so talented, but two, just because of how sweet and nice he is all the time. So, um, and the thing is, even if I, if, even if I hadn't said anything, you're such a star, like it, this, you would have been, your path might've been different, but it would have been just as soaring as it is right now. There's no way that it couldn't be because you were so fantastic. That's very nice. Thank you. But yeah. truly, you- I still want 10% thing. though. Oh, of course. Hey, hey. <laughs> So Richard, speak to the fact. I mean, so, and I just want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna segue this into into a fact that like you're doing a show, you're doing Muni. You you see you see somebody like Jack. You're like, oh man, this guy's gonna be so so great. He's got like the the right demeanor. He's got exactly what he needs. And I know you've been you've been now teaching for a long period of time, right? Yeah. 
So what is it about, I mean, the, the teaching aspect, and uh, I assume just in, in shows and where you can see younger cast members, speak to the fact of just like having this kind of, because we talk a lot about a mentorship on, mm-hmm. the, on the show and, and about this, like, have you had great mentors that have kind of guided you into a path of, ah, this is like, I, I now realize I'm seeing kind of the next generation and I want to help them along. Can you speak to kind of like that journey of how you got more into teaching too? Yeah, so I start as soon as I got to the city, um, I tried to pick up any teaching gig that I could. So I started, I think my first one was teaching at Broadway Dance Center in like, I think 2011, maybe Mm, that or um, or at steps around that time. But um, so I've always just loved teaching so much. The fact that teaching has come back into my life um, after um, the pandemic it's been it's been such a blessing the the ability to create an income right now when it's very rare for anybody to be able to do that is um has just is not lost on me i'm just so thankful for it um but uh one of the things that i always think about is uh i had a teacher uh robert reed he was he owned the st louis tap festival or started the st louis tap festival and he also was uh, a teacher at ocu and he is the reason why I tap the way that I do. He is the reason why I am the performer that I am right now, especially when it comes to tap dancing, because uh, he completely took me under his wing. He did not have to do that, but he took me under his wing and he was like, I'm going to teach you every single thing that I can possibly teach you. And uh, he was not easy on me. He was very hard. Like He was one of those teachers that would put the ballet bar up and then um, would make you do over the tops with your head underneath it so that you don't like, so you don't come up too high because when you're doing over the tops, you're supposed to be down into the ground and everything like that. And so that's kind of how he was. And he pushed me every single day in class. And I'm, and uh, he kind of just always looked out for me, which is something that I uh, know helped me so much. so yeah, that's the person that I would say that most influenced me uh, at that particular time. And right now, Savion, he is honestly just such a well of information. And one thing that both of them had in common is that they really wanted to make sure that every time that you teach a step or every time that you're doing something that you're learning about where the steps came from, where's the history with it. And a lot of the history with uh, tap dancing is so much in black culture that a lot of it gets lost, sadly, especially um, in music theater. A lot of the basis of tap dancing is with the black culture and it's like, it just gets lost. And people are like, oh, Susan Stroman uh, was the one that uh, came up with the chorus line of women tap dancing. But that's not true because that was originally from um, from Shuffle Along in uh, the 1920s. So it's like yeah. being able to find out where that history is, is so special. And that's something that both of them instill um, in people so much. And uh, I think about it, it's because the reason why I like to, I haven't gotten to do that recently because I haven't been in, obviously nobody's been in shows, but mentoring people, it's like even just a little encouragement or a little correction sometimes can make such a difference in somebody's life or just so... um, or just encouragement or uh, looking out for somebody. It doesn't have to be a lot, but just a little bit can do so much for people. Um, And I think about all the people that set me straight, especially when I first started uh, doing music theater. I didn't know what I was doing. 
Mm-hmm. You want I have to I have to dance and I have to say all these words and I have to sing all this and I have to remember blocking and I have to remember where to pick up uh props. I have to remember <laughs> all of this stuff. I didn't remember it. when I was so green, it's so funny because now people come out of college and high school, they're like, I can swing, I can do all of these things. It wasn't like that for me. I was a dancer that like then started working and doing all of this theater stuff. So there were so many people along the way that were like, yo, bro, that's not how you do that. Or mm. sister girl, watch out because there's a set piece <laughs> coming in. So you need to look out. So it's like, I think I try to do that as much as I can for other people because I know that how much it meant to me. And I would not be where I am right now if each of those people didn't have like a little bit of um, a little bit of grace when doing that. So mm-hmm. the ultimate pay it forward. No, it yeah, I mean. You, 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 I think you have to. And I think that that's one thing that this, um, I think this one thing that this pandemic has uh, shown so many people, it's really about what you put out into the world that you're that not even about getting it back, but it's what you're putting out into the world. Are you trying to, are you trying to be decisive? Are you trying to like, um, split people apart? Are you really trying to like make an environment where people can learn? Are you, uh, trying to spread joy? Um, whatever that is, it's like what you're doing is what you would be doing in those disaster movies, you know, how they, I always think about that. I'm like, we're in a disaster movie. What you would do, like when people are like, I would be the person that's doing that in a disaster movie. I would be doing that. I'd be doing that. No, whatever you're doing right now is what you would have been doing in that. (laughs) So so in a zombie apocalypse, that's, that's Yeah, exactly. If there's a zombie apocalypse, are you going to be like sitting at home crying? Are you going to be, uh, getting out there trying to make something happen? Absolutely. It's very true. We're just going to be teaching tap class for the next zombie. <laughs> exactly. So I'm the person teaching tap class to somebody on Zoom while there's an apocalypse. It's Richard's studio is like the only thing open on the street. It's like everything. It's Have you seen that <laughs> we meme? <laughs> we must dance. Have you seen that meme of like a street that was just, you know, torched on fire, but then there's Millie in the center, like in her little flapper dress? No, I have not seen that. Oh, and yes, and the meme on top says this is 2022 on it. Oh. <laughs> it is so brilliant. It is so brilliant. That's what I feel like this that scenario is. It's like good. the street is on fire, but Richard is still there teaching class. Yes. You know what? And that's it. You're not going to be able to keep me down. I'm going to dance somewhere. I'm going to do something. Um, I'm going to try to spread joy as much as I possibly can, because that's all that we have at this point. That's mm-hmm. right. That class is going to be full. I'm just going to say it all out. The class is going to be full. <laughs> I, I would hope so. Come on. Richard, I would I would love to dive into some shuffle along if we could. Of course. Um, we had Curtis Holland on the show oh. and gave a little taste. I know. Can't get he enough. He is just everything. 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 So we got a we got a small taste from him, but I would love to hear from your angle about yeah. the creation of Shuffle Along. So obviously with Savion, I like you just mentioned before how much wisdom and knowledge he has. Was I just picture that rehearsal room just being like one like giant drool fest. Was everyone just in awe and like jaw to the floor when his feet would start moving and just like I cannot believe I'm here right now. Like, that's my first question. I have, I have many. But, like, I just picture that room to be like, what the heck is happening right now? This is unbelievable. You know what? The funny thing is when it comes to especially that and his feet and just, like, being in awe of it, 
you don't have time to be in awe of his feet because you have to be picking up the step. Mm-hmm. He works so fast. The first couple of days, it was like, or let's see. So I'll go back. So the very first time that I worked with them, um, oh, this is actually a funny story, the audition of it. So uh, I had two shows I was doing on the 20th century. I had two shows one Saturday and there was uh, the audition for the show or for the first lab. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so there was uh, there was an audition time for the women at 10 before my two shows. So I go there at 10 and I was like, I can't come to the guys call, but can I be seen for the ladies call? And at first the monitor was like, no, sorry, we're not going to do that. And I was like, listen, I'm getting into this audition because... <laughs> You ain't going to stop me. So, and I, I literally, I said, I was like, you can go and ask them, but I'm not leaving until I audition for Savion Glover. I was like, I'm just letting you know that. And at first you could tell the, the monitor kind of bristled and I know that they have a hard job, but I don't care. I needed to get into that room. So, um, so then they talked to the casting and the casting came out and they were like, so you can't come to the guy's call. I was like, yeah, I can't, but. I have two shows. I was like, you can even come see me in the show that I'm in if you would like to, yeah. to see me yes. happen that. But uh, I was like, I have to get to this. So got to audition for it and they called me back, but we were doing our cast recording for on the 20th century that day. So I said, I can't come, but if you needed me to send it any video or anything, that's fine. So then they called me on my, our lunch break to tell me that I got the first lab. And so they weren't saying if I was going to get everything else. And it was untitled. At that point, it was untitled project starring Audra McDonald. <laughs> Which anyone should sign up for. Yeah, no. I was like, and Savion Glover and George C. Wolfer in it? Of course, I'll do anything to be in that. Yeah. No question. Um, so so we go to the first uh, day of doing the audition or of doing the lab and we were doing a jazz piece and me and my friend amber we were like oh this is gonna be great we were doing like this jazz stuff and then we're like we go do our show we come back and we're like oh we're just this is gonna be great so we go and do this thing y'all when we get back <laughs> they had learned part of a uh, of a song called graveyard shuffle and so that was the one that everybody knows now that had all the different lights and the suitcases when we're traveling. And uh, so they had learned like half of it. And me and my friend Amber were trying to pick it up. And it was one of the most difficult things that I have ever done in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, my brain cannot take this. And so when we were walking back, cause we had another show to do that night, me and Amber were like, this is going to be very rough. <laughs> at first we were like oh we got this and then we're like oh this is going to be so rough so then um but yeah so so that was like the very beginning of the first project and then uh but yeah watching his feet is it's incredible it's because he moves i i don't know how to it, it's so free it's so mm-hmm. free there's no tension there is just this cascading sound and rhythm and he's completely cool the whole time and he's making all of this stuff up and it's just like we're everybody is struggling to get some of the steps everybody's working so hard to make sure that they're on top of it and uh but yeah so the magic wore off pretty quick once we had to learn what the actual steps were because (laughs) if you if you just gaze at his feet too much you're gonna get passed up and one of my favorite things about the um, 
about that process was every time that he he would give a tap class at the beginning of every rehearsal and it would last for like 40 minutes an hour sometimes but there was one day audra was right here stokes was right here billy porter was right there adrian warren was right there joshua henry all of the tap dancing all of the other tap dancers in the show and who are some of the best tap dancers i have ever worked with in my entire life Mm -hmm. um and everybody was working together to get the steps it wasn't like audra was like i'm not going to do that it was she (laughs) wanted to get it just as much as everybody else and every once people saw her doing that we're like oh well if she's working doing this i want to do this too Billy was doing the same thing. Stokes was doing the same thing. Everybody was working so hard to get each and every one of those steps. And no, there was no ego about it. Everybody was just like, I want to hit this step and I want to be good. There was nothing else to it. And you all hit this step because that is a show where at the when you walk into the theater, y'all are on stage behind the curtain and you hear people warming up and just tapping. Oh. And it's one of those where I walked in and you just hear a million sounds happening yeah. on their feet. And you just go... This is about to be something unbelievable because oh. I was like, I've never heard so many sounds come out of someone's foot behind that stage. And I, I didn't see what they were doing. could just hear it. And I was like, this yeah. is going to be something. Okay. It was, that was one of my favorite pre-show things that I have ever been a part of. We would, everybody, whoever was on stage first would start going over whatever. And then somebody else would go. And so it was such a freeing thing because everybody was like, okay, I'm going to work on my step. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. We're going to do all these things. And then uh, Billy uh, started doing, uh, he started doing a prayer every, not like a prayer prayer, but just like something to bring us together. And he would do it every day. And it was, it was such a great thing to get all, everybody on the same page every single time before each performance. And, um, and there's a lot of stuff happening in the world, especially during that time. Um, and we would talk about, like, we would talk about our emotions about a particular thing. And it's, it was probably one of the best experience I've ever had in my entire life as doing that show. I could have done that show for years. I would have loved it. I mean, your, your ankles would have been hurting. I would imagine. Oh, I, w- I wouldn't have even cared. I'd get some new ones at one point. I, w- I would have done that. I would have done that until I couldn't do it anymore. Again and again. I think, well, because, I mean just speaking of like the beautiful community kind of like created in those kind of shows where you know i mean jack you feel as an audience member just the anticipation of hearing like this community and family about to like embark on this tap journey for me i i want to i want to talk a little bit that that's just a mention of just like the beauty of it all the okay so you hear someone say tombe padabure that's like ballet language yeah what have you and then so tap, I mean, I know that there's like flap, shuffle, like everything about this. I, I have I have a rudimentary understanding of tap. and mm-hmm. But I think that there's something that will always escape me that I feel like separates like I tap and I'm a tapper. Mm-hmm. And I want to know if this is me trying to get some insider info for everybody. Yeah. Is there a, a specific language to understand when you are watching a step to learn a step or just experiencing and executing it differently rather than like, Oh, this is a lap or this is a shuffle. Mm -hmm. Like, is there something you see? How do you best learn or teach a step? Uh, so I know that everybody learns. So I'll do how I'm teaching first before, uh, how I pick up steps. So when I'm teaching, I try to throw out as much, um, 
as much terminology, rhythm, visual, because I know everybody learns differently. And so my job as a teacher is to figure out what clicks with each individual person, at least when I when I like to teach or when I get the chance to teach, especially with uh, in class, I tune in to how people learn. And I'm like, okay, so I know Susie Q over there likes flat ball change shuffle step. And Sam likes Giga do Gumbaba do Ba. And um, I keep thinking of name Derek over here likes to see what the actual step is. Yeah. So, or saying the rhythm, one E and a two E and a three E and blah, 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 whatever. So I try to throw out as many as I possibly can so that people have something to latch on to. Because I know that that can be very hard sometimes when if you're like, I don't understand this step, how am I supposed to do it? And so if I just keep throwing up, throwing those at people, then something's going to stick at one point. So, um, so that's kind of how I teach. So when I'm learning something, for me, it's rhythm first. Yeah, because if you keep thinking about the steps, a lot of times the rhythm goes and sometimes the rhythm will help you know what step is coming. Yeah, mm-hmm. because if you're only thinking about the steps and what the actual steps are, the rhythm could go completely out. And the thing is, we have to remember that we're still drummers. Yeah, every mm-hmm. individual tap dancer is a drummer with the music. At least that's how I that's how I think about it. Ah, I mean, yeah, because you you got to imagine like the body is an instrument, as we say, like in every kind of dance. And I, I think it's a genius way to think of like, yes, tap is rhythm based and all that stuff. But I, I don't think I've ever heard tap. A tap dancer is also the drummer. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I got that from um, from Savion and I got that from uh, Dormisha Sumbri Edwards. She's one of the best tap dancers out there. And uh, Jason Samuels, Chloe Arna, all of them will tell you that they are drummers, that that is the main thing that they are do. They are drummers that just so happen to be uh, dancing as well, especially Savion. Savion is always, where are you in the pocket? Where is the one? Where is, where? what's your metronome? So a lot of times when people are uh, tap dancing, I will always have them, um, I will always have them use their mouth as a metronome. So mm. counting one, two, three, four, and then tap dancing with it. So that way they always hear how it fits with the music because that's the main thing that we have to do. We have to stay with the music the whole time. Right. Totally. And I feel like adding or keeping that rhythm, as you said, kind of helps that performance aspect a little bit and helps you, I would say, kind of relax and feel it more rather than being like, I'm tap dancing all the time. Yeah. Like that tension just builds. And I feel like if you can feel that rhythm and like you said, incorporate that sense of you are the drummer to it all, it just kind of will flow and become more of a natural feeling for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the people because who panic. If yeah. Cause if you're worried about the steps and if you're worried about the rhythm the whole time, you're not going to be able to, uh, you're not going to be able to flow. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to be in flow and be in the moment of a particular thing. You're just going to be worried the whole time. And I, that's something I still work with. I think as um, a tap dancing artist, everybody should be uh, reaching for that uh, that ease as much as you can. Even no matter what step you're doing, we still need to be able to find some kind of like grounding um, zen within our tap dancing, within any dancing, really. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Uh, Richard, we have two questions for you that uh, we yeah. had some folks write in 
on our social media at again underscore podcast. Ooh. Our first question is from Isabel. Isabel says, what motivates you to keep improving? Uh, I think what motivates me is that I don't want to be left behind. <laughs> if I'm going to be completely honest, <laughs> once uh, everything starts coming back, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be like, oh, I should have, I should have worked a little harder and then I'm going to starting to fall back behind. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this anymore. No, as soon as we start letting all of that go, then it becomes harder and harder and harder to get back. So that's one of the main things. The other thing is, is that I'm still trying to figure out who I am as a dancer and a human and a person. And one of the things that makes me feel closest to, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but one thing that makes me feel closest to um, who my ethereal being is or who I am as a person is uh, dancing and tap dancing and finding uh, nuanced ways of performing or different ways of doing things. Um yeah, I think that would be probably one of the things because it just it kind of like I'm starting to find new stuff in inside myself when we're mm-hmm. still working on things, especially like like you would go to acting class or uh, vocally w- working on new songs. It's just like to keep you sharp. And yeah, and I just love it. That's awesome. Our next question is from Camille, and she says she just basically says how to have confidence. And I know this is a this is a question we get all the time on here just about the topic of confidence and what I guess to kind of formulate that more of a question for you is what kind of leads you into letting go? Cause I feel like you are a person when you get into the room, you just do it and it's going to happen or it's not going to happen. You're going to try your best and just make the best of the situation. Um, So what goes through your head either in an audition or just in a situation that is not familiar to yourself, how do you push forward with your best foot? Um, in moments like that, I really just try to think about uh, the work, whatever kind of work that we're doing. I just try to focus on, on that because if I start getting into my psyche about like, well, this could happen or this or whatever like that for me, it's just like, let me just focus in on what's right in front of me and not worry about those other things because that's literally all that I can do. And that kind of gives me confidence because then it gets me out of my head because if I'm in my head too much, I'm not able to pick up the choreography. Um, I might be off rhythm. I might be clunky with my feet or I might be timid when I'm performing. But if I just focus in on like, I'm just trying to get, get this work and do this thing, then it kind of lets all the other things go for me. Mm. I think that's also a testament to like, when you're in the room specifically, you only have control over so much, right? I think people think there's You don't have so control m- over anything. Yeah. It's like there's so totally. many things happening. Yeah. So like don't try to put someone else's puzzle piece together. So I think it's important for people to kind of go into a situation and be like, okay, what is actually for me? What do I what do I control in this moment? And kind of hone in on that rather than getting overwhelmed with the scope of the environment or the situation. Yeah. Cause I think one of the other things is that nobody's worried about you. Nobody's mm-hmm. worried about you. Yeah. Everybody, the choreographer has to worry about a director that they have to uh, work together with. They have producers that they have to work with. They have dance captains, associates. They have so much going on and your other ensemble people are the people that you're dancing with. They have, who knows what kind of home life they have. They might have, 
kids. They might like, there's so many things going on in everybody's heads that if you think that everybody is looking at what you're doing or waiting for you to make a mistake the whole time, ain't nobody mm-hmm. think about that. Nope. Everybody's just trying to get their paycheck and go home. Mm-hmm. So it's like, as long as you think like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm just going to do my thing and not worry about anything else because nobody's worried about you. Because the thing is, people are wanting you to do well. Nobody mm-hmm. comes into nobody comes into a rehearsal being like, oh, that person's going to be terrible. I really don't think that that's happening because they're already putting a gamble on you. They're already gambling on you to be great by giving you the mm-hmm. paycheck. That's what the mm-hmm. producer does every single time that they hire somebody. They're betting that you are going to come in and do your job and be great. So mm-hmm. I think that's the main thing. If you just stay focused on whatever the work is, then you're going to be fine. And stuff happens. Totally. Always. Always. I love that. I, th- I think there's there's something about like the knowing that everyone should be, I mean, they are in fact cheering for your success rather than yeah. hoping for your failure, which I think we always get into this weird spiral of if one thing goes wrong in any kind of audition or rehearsal, like, oh God, I'm terrible. And everyone knows I'm terrible. Everyone's looking at me now. No, everybody's moved on and everyone's just like, all right, they didn't get this time. They're going to get it next time. Yeah. You know, that thought process rather than, oh, well, I'm not going to watch that person anymore. I love yeah. your your sentiment of nobody's worried about you. Nobody's worried about you. There's so <laughs> many things happening. And the reason why I say that is because that's what I that's what always used to go through my head when I was in um, when I used to be in rehearsal. And when I used to be uh, younger, I would always just think like, oh my gosh, every single person in the entire room is looking at me and thinking that I suck. And I'm like, nobody's thinking about that. Everybody else is going over their choreography, their notes, all of these other things. Don't nobody care. Nobody. Mm -mm. What we do care about is this next segment that we like to call Shoulda Shot It. Shoulda Shot It? All right. So we want to know, Essentially, if there's a moment in your life, whether it's like rehearsal or something you've witnessed or something in in your own life, uh, like that has not been captured of what is like that moment that has always stuck with you. That you wish somebody had captured? Sure. Yes. Or the or that you witness of somebody else. They're like, oh, someone should have shot that. Oh, I think and I think somebody actually did get a video of this. So uh billy porter he was oh this is so good so he was we were in tech we were in tech and you know um especially with the people in that that show ever there was so i mean there's just so much talent in that show so uh one time during tech he was just talking about his life and so we were talking about stories and things like that and he was talking about when he was a kid and about how uh he auditioned for oliver like when he was in, uh, when he was like a young, young kid. And I guess he didn't get Oliver, but he got, uh, oh, what's the character's name? That comes in so, like halfway uh, through. Marshall Dodger or the Fagin? Yes. Dodger. Mm-hmm. Fagin. Yes. Yes. So he got that and said, and he's like this 10-year-old kid and he goes up to the, the director of the show and is like, what is this? Why didn't I get Oliver? And he was like, and the teacher was like, it's okay. This is a really, really good role. And he's like, no, it's not. Blah, blah, blah. So then he ended up doing it. And then he got entrance applause. And he said, that's when I learned what entrance applause was. Or no, that's, <laughs> he said, that's what I learned. Uh, 
that's how I learned what a star entrance was. That's what it was. Uh, wow. But it was, but it was brilliant. It was just him talking, and it was like, and I think after that, like some somebody in the orchestra started playing some Earth, Wind, and Fire just to like check out some keys, and then the entire cast, the entire cast just started singing, and so then they were mic checking everybody singing uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and it was just like. Stokes and Billy Porter and uh, Audrey McDonald and Brooks and all of these people singing this. And you're just like, what am I getting to witness? Oh. This is this brilliance. And uh, so, yeah, I think that that would have been one of those things that I'm like, oh, man, I wish I wish somebody had that. Oh, that. And when Savion, uh, one of the women in the cast was like, this step is too hard to do in heels. And so Savion was like, somebody go get me some heels. So somebody went to and he has big old feet so somebody went to uh capizio or laduca i can't remember which one but they went and got him some shoes brought him back and he did the whole thing that they said in uh in heels and he's like i could do it and they said well try to stand up while you do it too rather than just being like down like this and everybody started cracking up so um those are probably some of those moments that i was like brilliant yeah so good that's i would like i would love to see the the drag tap off of Savion Glover, I want to see that. Oh my gosh, yes! I am. I, I, I just bought some uh, heel character shoes today too. I got yes. myself some Laduca. I'm like, I need to. I, I love being in some heels, so why don't I tap in them? <laughs> Ready? Hell yeah! And we'll we'll be here for that social media content too. Done. So I trust the second <laughs> I get them, you all will be seeing a video. Oh my god! Uh, what is the character? The character? Marcellus. Marcellus. Oh my good Marcella, uh, Marcella, <laughs> it is it is so good Marcella. to it is so good to see you all. I love I, I know you guys are so happy to have me on your podcast. There she is. Uh, <sighs> well, we expect a tap video from her very very soon. Oh my goodness, I could never, but maybe. <laughs> and we will have her on her own episode. Okay. Oh my goodness, I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> you all are so sweet to me. Oh. Oh. That is incredible, Richard. You are just the greatest thank you so much for being here for this hour so so inspiring and um thank you for just opening up and sharing your story and advice and everything you're the best Hey, it's Brendan. Hey, it's Jack. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Be sure to hop on over to our Instagram at again underscore podcast and give us a follow. A like. A comment. A DM. Because we want to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing. Sure. 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 And before you press next to play your next podcast. Hopefully it's us again. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And give us a rating if you love what you're hearing. Again from the top is produced by Dory Berenstein. And Alan Seals. Stay tuned for our next five, six, seven, eight. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor, and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.